1: is my hobby. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Barton Drake speaking. For tonight's drama, I've selected case history number 73 from my book, Mystery is My Hobby. I call it the case of the walking corpse. The heat in New York had been intense. For five days, nothing of an exciting nature had happened. On Saturday evening, Inspector Danton and I met at the air-cooled lamplighters club for a quiet game of chess. Well, Inspector, are you going to move or... Inspector... What? Did somebody say something? Oh, hello, Bart. (laughs) Hello, Bart. By Jove, Inspector, I believe you were asleep. Me? me? Asleep? And I thought you were sitting there with your chin in your hand trying to figure out a move that would place me in checkmate. I was. Look, I'll move my queen up here. How do you like that? Why, I like it fine, Inspector. I'll just come across with my castle and collect that queen for my very own. <laughs> Oh, well, that ends up. Yes, it certainly does. You know something, Bart? (laughs) We've played chess every single night this week. Are you getting bored, Inspector? Yeah, I'm getting bored. Tomorrow's Sunday, and it doesn't look as though anything's going to happen. I'm used to a more active life. Well, I think I can promise you some action in about five minutes, Inspector. Yeah, what's going to happen? Let me see. It's now 9.15. Hmm. Arthur Avery said he'd be here shortly after 9 o'clock. Arthur Avery. You mean that old fuddy-duddy with all the dough who's trying to make a record-collecting wife? That's the man, Inspector. I suppose you read in the papers yesterday that he's just married his ninth wife. Yeah, I read it. Married a red-headed nightclub singer named Flossie something or other. Mm. Well, what's Avery want to see you about? A murder, Inspector. A murder? Say, this sounds interesting. Who's been knocked off? Arthur Avery thinks his new wife has. As a matter of fact, he could... Uh-oh. It's Mr. Avery now. I'll let him tell you his own story. Hello, Mr. Avery. Jake. Hey. Sorry I'm late. Well, it's just as I suspected. The body was that of my wife. I'm sorry to hear that, Mr. Avery. Are you still convinced she was murdered? I'm positive. She was found lying near the railroad. Uh, Pardon me for interrupting, but would you two like to be alone? I'm sorry, Inspector. Mr. Avery, this is my co-worker, Inspector Noah Danton. Hi, Danton, Danton. I've heard that name before. I'm sure I have. How do you do, Inspector Danton? I said hi. Uh, Yes, of course. Uh, Hi. Hi. How long ago did you view your wife's body, Mr. Avery? Less than two hours. As I mentioned to you over the telephone, the minute I heard that the body of an unidentified woman had been found in the town of Sydney, I suspected that it was lost. Why? I'll explain that in a minute, Inspector. I immediately chartered the plane and flew out there. As soon as I verified my suspicions, I called you, Mr. Avery. I see. Of course, the Sydney authorities have taken care of the body. Yes, yes, of course. There's only one officer in the town. His name is Clifton Neal. He agreed with me... It, it was a pure case of murder. Why? I'll explain that in a minute, Inspector. Mr. Drake, money is no object in this matter. I want the murderer of my wife brought to justice. Naturally, you do, Mr. Azene. A moment ago, you mentioned a man named uh, Jeff Morgan. Do you think he murdered your wife? Yes. Why? I'll explain that right now, Inspector. As you may know, Flossie is, uh, was my ninth wife. Who oh, doesn't know it? Directly after the ceremony, we went to my country place up in Merritt. I'd given the servants a holiday, and the day after our arrival, I drove over to the village for supplies. Returning, I found a stage automobile parked near the boathouse. Somewhat perturbed, I hurried towards the cottage and heard the sound of voices. Stop it, I see. You
2: mustn't take me. You mustn't. You no. Know, it
1: sounds kind of strange, haven't I, it, baby? It time like I'm a light-matched
2: person. Let me alone, Jack. Don't you realize I'm married? Married. Nice.
1: Sweetheart, how long are you gonna take with old bluebeard before you throw him over and start suing for alimony?
2: I didn't that, Jeff.
1: Now look, I got a proposition.
2: I'm not interested in any propositions you have, Jeff Morgan. Now get out of this house, Arthur. will be back in a minute.
1: All right, George. So we'll be back in a minute. So how would it be if I had a talk with Arthur and told him about Henry? Henry? Yeah, Henry Robert. You didn't know I knew about him, did you? Oh,
2: I, I don't know what you're talking.
1: About. Okay, so you don't know what I'm talking about. So I'll hang around till Arthur comes and we'll talk it over. We've got a few mementos Arthur might like to look at.
2: Yes, we, we wouldn't.
1: Oh, that's better. Now, do you listen to my proposition or do we wait for
2: Arthur? Yes, please. I'm so hotly here. Please like let me alone.
1: Okay, baby. It's up to you.
2: Just yes, listen to me. Oh, oh, Always staying are behind me now. I'm never going back. Never. I've gotten what I want and I'm going to keep it. And the way to keep it is by being a good wife to
1: Arthur. Oh, well, well. Saints and angels. Is this a little sloppy sterling that's tramp? Yep. Okay, Heinz, relax. Letting bygones be bygones with okay me. I was just thinking, though, no, there's one thing wrong with them sweet dreams of you. What do you mean? Oh, it's like this. Maybe you got what you want, and maybe you're going to try and keep it. I don't see how you're going to arrange that without you listening to my proposition. You see? uh... All right, Morgan, that's enough. Get out. Uh Well, well, well. If it isn't little old Bluebeard himself. Where'd you get them snapping black eyes, Grandpa? Morgan, I'll give you thirty seconds to get out of this house. If you don't, I'll. You'll what, Grandpa? Arthur, not that. Don't shoot him. I will, unless he gets out of here. Now take it easy, Avery. All I want is to have a little talk with you. I'm not interested in anything you have to say. Get out. Maybe you would be if you looked at the people in these pictures. Jeff, Jeff, you wouldn't. Don't worry, darling. I won't look at the pictures. I'm no more interested in them than I am in this man's blackmailing stories. Then, then you heard? Every word. Morgan, I've met men of yours right before. What you can't understand is that there are some people in this world whose faith and love and believe in each other are all they need to achieve happiness. You're rotten, Morgan. And nothing you can say or do will change my opinion of my wife.
2: How
1: oh, are? I... Now, isn't that a pretty speech? Just like out of a storybook. Avery, I got news for you. Flossie is not your wife. Are you mad? Flossie and I were married yesterday in New York. That's what you think. Mm-hmm. Law's got a funny habit of raising objections when a babe gets married to two men at the same time. What do you mean, Jeff? Barthes, is this true?
2: No, I was married before. Perhaps I should have told you.
1: But you divorced him. Yes. That's all I want to know. Morgan, I'm telling you for the last time, get out. Why, you lying little cheat.
2: Arthur, he's... Here,
1: you keep away from her, Morgan. You old fool. Out. Keep that hand off of me. I'll shoot. Arthur! This one's right on the bottom, Grandpa. Oh. Oh. Jeff Morgan is a bigger and younger man than I am, gentlemen. He knocked me unconscious. When I came to, I was lying on the living room floor. And Jeff Morgan and your wife were gone? Yes. Well, uh, look, if she ran off with him... Don't be absurd, Inspector. Flossie didn't run off with him. He forced her to go. He probably knocked her unconscious, too. I get it. They got as far as Sydney, and Mrs. Avery returned to consciousness. She tried to get away and probably jumped from the car. That's exactly what I think happened, Inspector. Morgan, realizing that I knew she was with him in his car, carried her body to the railroad tracks, so it would appear as though she'd been struck by a train. That makes sense. What do you think, Bart? It doesn't make sense to me. Huh? If Mrs. Avery had gone with Morgan on her own accord... Yes. Yes. Now, if she hadn't gone with Morgan, I doubt if he would have left her body where it could be found. He'd have thought of some other means of disposing of it. Why? Because Morgan would realize there was no reason for Mrs. Avery to be in Sydney. She wouldn't have just wandered up there and fallen down on the railroad tracks. And since Morgan knew that Avery was aware his wife had gone out with him... Drake, if you're implying that Bossy voluntarily went with Morgan, i Mr. Avery, I'm merely thinking out loud. There's something here we've all missed. Missed? Missed? But I was there all the time. Mm, You were there, Mr. Avery, but you weren't conscious when you you and your wife and Morgan disappeared. You only hazard that they were left together. But I don't understand. Suppose someone else were present, someone outside listening, as you have been doing. Say, that's a possibility. Yes. Mr. Avery, how far is it from Meredith to Sydney? About uh, 50 miles. Does the officer there, this uh, Clifton Neal, know of your suspicion of Jeff Morgan? No, I told him nothing. I wanted you to hear my story first. Good. I think the three of us had better go up to Sydney immediately, have a talk with this Clifton Neal, and view the body of Mrs. Avery. Oh, I sure, Mr. Avery. Like, let's see the woman's body. That her in my back room right here. In your back room? Yes. You mean there isn't an undertaking establishment in
2: this town? Sure there is, and this is it. The handle town's corpses is sort of sideline. Uh, you want to take another look at it
1: too, evening? Stevens? Uh, no, uh, I'll wait out here. You understand, Mr. Dick? Yes, yes, of course. All right, Mr. Neal, let's go. Yep, right through this here door. Ain't got her laid out as yet. he have had time. Just like she was, and I lugged her from the railroad track. Just wait like throw this here sheep back. Oh, there you are. Say, hey, you certainly got banged up a lot, didn't you, Bob? Yeah. Face cut and bruised, hair matted with mud and blood. Hmm. What would you say was the cause of death, Mr. Neal? Well, ain't made a very good examination yet. So oh, I suppose I got to sooner later, me being caught the coroner. The coroner? Yes. Say, you're rather a busy man, aren't you, Mr. Neal? Oh, not so busy. Folks don't die much in Sydney. There ain't many crimes committed, and there ain't never been a coroner's inquest yet, so, see, that gives me plenty of time to run the farm. Fine. Well, I'll be. Yep, farming ain't good, course, this year. Uh, it has been hot and dry for weeks. No uh, dropped surface water within miles. Kind of providential, this murder. You were long. going to give us your opinion as to how Mrs. Avery died, Mr. Neal? Yes, I was, and I will if I'm getting a chance. Okay, okay, go ahead. Well, you see, the way I figured, Miss Avery was strangled. Thanks. Just how do you figure that? Why? Well, don't pick much figuring. See this here scarf? Dave Palmer, he was the guy who discovered the body and reported to me. Dave found her, and that the scarf was knotted around her neck tight enough to strangle anybody. Okay, but that doesn't mean she strangled her to death. The scarf could have been tied around her neck after she died. Yes, yes, that's right. Could be. Ain't likely, though. Anyhow, we'll know as soon as the autopsy is performed. And when will that be, Constable? Oh, tomorrow, I should say, yes, maybe. In a hurry, I to see. Then you don't see very well, chum. But it looks to me as though things are getting a little complicated. Yes, it does, Inspector. Tell me, Mr. Neal, did Arthur Avery know that his wife had been found with a scarf about her neck? No, he didn't tell me nothing, so I didn't tell him nothing. Well, I figured if he wanted to get himself a private detective, it was all right with me. You see, I'm not proud. That's fair enough. Now, uh, Brian how's this for a guest? Hmm? When the babe returned to consciousness and found she was riding along with Jeff Morgan, she started to yell and he strangled her to keep her quiet. Mm-hmm. We've got to find this guy, Jeff Morgan. No. you be hard about that? No, that's because you never had to hunt down a murderer before. Why, well, this Jeff Morgan is probably halfway to the coast by now. He must have got there powerful fast. You see, I was talking to him less than half an hour ago. What? Are you sure it was the same Jeff Morgan we were talking about, huh? must be. He lives only a couple of doors down the street, him and his wife. Jet, he used to be married to this here uh, Mrs. Avery. I'm positive that part didn't belong to passing, Mr. Drake. I'd recognize it in a minute if it did. I don't know about that, Mr. Avery. You were on your honeymoon, you know. Didn't your wife bring a trousseau with her? Everything my wife had, Inspector, I bought her. I have to pick out the things myself. Now, I prefer that you drop this rather uh, intimate subject. Okay, we'll drop it. But we've got to find out where that scarf came from. I think I know the answer to that, Inspector. Yes? Mr. Avery, did you know that your wife had been married to Jeff Morgan? No, I knew she'd been married, but I didn't know the man's name. The fact that it was Morgan gives him, to my mind, a stronger motive for murdering us. Why? Oh, for heaven's sake, Inspector. Do you have to ask me why every time I make a statement? Isn't the answer obvious? Not to me, it is... I believe we're all agreed that Jeff Morgan at least had the opportunity of murdering Mrs. Avery. Inspector, I think our next move is to drop in on Jeff Morgan and his wife and have a talk with them. Ah! Well? Good evening. Are you Mrs. Jeff Morgan?
2: Yeah, I'm her. What about it?
1: We'd like to talk to your husband. What about? We got a murder story we want to tell him.
2: Oh, you must be the two city cops Cliff said that Avery was going to hire. Come on in. Thank
1: you. I'm Barton Drake. This is Inspector Nordenton. Hi.
2: Okay, you're Drake and Denton. What do you want to know?
1: Well, it was your husband that we wanted to... He ain't here. You expecting soon? Ready? That's a smart answer. Where was he last night? Out. What time did he go out, Mrs. Morgan?
2: I don't know, right after supper.
1: What time did he get back?
2: Nine o'clock.
1: Oh, you're definite about that. How do you know it was exactly nine o'clock?
2: It says the mail plane to Chicago goes over then. I always check it with the clock.
1: Oh. Was it that clock on the wall with which you checked, Mrs. Morgan?
2: Yeah, why?
1: Because it's an hour slow.
2: It's an hour... Oh, smart guy, huh?
1: Martin, that's a figure you're trying to establish an alibi for your husband.
2: Yeah? Well, let's see if you're smart enough to figure out how you're going to prove that clock was an hour slow when the mail plane went over last night. Huh?
1: Mrs. Morgan, did you ever see that stock before? Did I? how would
2: you get that?
1: Kristen Neal found it tied around Mrs. Avery's throat. It belongs to you, doesn't it?
2: No. No, I never saw before.
1: I see. Did you ever hear of a man named Henry Richards? Henry? Yes. Sure.
2: Because Henry was playing around with Sloppy when she was married to Jeff. That's why I divorced her.
1: I thought so. And right after the divorce became final, he married you. Sure,
2: why not?
1: Not a thing, Mrs. Morgan. Except you made a grave mistake when you followed your husband to Avery's home at Meredith last night.
2: Who oh, do you think you're kidding
1: Inspector, I think when we drive over to Meredith, we'll have no difficulty in picking up the final clue that will definitely establish the identity of our murderer.
2: Turn
1: here, Inspector. Okay. What time is it? Time, it's uh, 4.30. It'll be gone in about 15 minutes. That's good. I don't like to sleep in the daytime anyway. So maybe I'll be able to stay awake. Stay by. Yes, Inspector. I've been wondering how Mrs. Morgan knew that Avery was going to hire a couple of city cops. He told us he hadn't mentioned that to anyone. No, he told us that he hadn't mentioned any names. But Clifton Neil knew Avery was going to get outside help. I imagine Neil mentioned it to Morgan. Uh-huh. Do you think that scarf belongs to Mrs. Morgan? I know it does, Inspector. Do you think she was in murder this last night? I'm quite sure she was. Okay. Then you think she tied the scarf around Flossie Avery's neck. <laughs> are you trying to trap me into admitting something, Inspector? Oh, wait, turn here. Avery's name is on the mailbox. Okay. No, I'm not trying to trap you into anything. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to know who murdered Flossie, that's all, and I think you know. Knowing and proving, Inspector. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Knowing and proving are two different things. I wonder how many times I heard you say that. Say, Avery's got quite a place here, hasn't it? Yes, yeah, very elaborate. Stop here, Inspector. Yeah. Uh, say, well? By golly, I just thought. How are we going to get in? We haven't any keys. We don't want to get in. What we're looking for is on the outside. Come along, I'll show you. Show me what? Now, uh, look. That hot sequence that Avery told us about took place inside the house. True, but if my reasoning is correct, the murder took place outside the house. Sure it did. It took place in Sydney. Now, look, Bart. Where are we going? Right here, to the shore of the lake. It's light enough to see what we're looking for, don't you think, Inspector? It depends on what we're looking for, Miss Drake. We're looking for footprints, Mr. Dalton. Footprints? Ah, are you sure you haven't got this case mixed up with the one we were on three weeks ago? Yes, quite sure, Inspector. Uh, by Joel. By Joe, what? Look there, Inspector. Those are footprints from the soft ground, aren't they? A woman's footprints. Sure they are. Why shouldn't they be? Maybe Classy went swimming. Every once in a while you run across a babe who's willing to get her bathing suit wet. Do they go swimming in high-heeled shoes? No, Inspector. And look there. Those are footprints of a man's shoes. And over here, the two sets of footprints intermingle, indicating a struggle. Or a necking party. Bart, there's one thing about you. You've never been married. That's true. Now, most honeymooners are prone to walk on. Uh, what are you looking at? Mr. and Mrs. Jeff Morgan, Inspector. They just drove up and parked behind our car. Well, I... Be... Why, golly, here they come. Hey, Bart, that guy looks mad. He is mad, Inspector, and I'm pretty sure I know the reason why. Anger is sometimes a defense against the guilty conscience. Guilty conscience? Then it was Morgan right Inspector... you're yeah. bought in straight, are you? That's right. My wife told me how you came busting into our house. Well, listen, you're not going to get away with it, see? Get away with what, Morgan? With spinning this murder rap on me. Only wish I'd been home when you called. I'd have told you a few things. Why don't you uh, tell us now, chum? Nobody's stopping you.
2: Go ahead and tell him, Jeff. Go on. All right,
1: I will. It wasn't me who murdered Flossie, and I can prove it. Well, please do. Okay, okay, wise guy. You think I can, huh? Well, listen to this. I was out of the house only two hours Saturday night. I got friends who'll testify where I was the exact minute Flossie was murdered. The exact minute, hmm? Well, I didn't know anyone was aware of the exact minute Buster was murdered. What? Well, you're crazy. Cliff Neal knew and he told me. Funny thing, he didn't mention it to us. Bob, I'd hate to be in your friend's shoes if they testify you were out of the house only two hours Saturday night. Don't testify. Don't worry. You'd be making a mistake if you tried to prove you weren't here Saturday night, Morgan. The fact that your wife's scarf was tied around Flossie's neck, satisfied me that you were. You
2: can't prove that scarf is mine. There's the
1: cleaner's mark on it that says I can.
2: Cleaner? Yeah, you know, when you sent the thing to be cleaned, they stamped their mark on it. Are oh, you crazy? I never sent that scarf...
1: You see? It's simple, isn't it, to prove a person is lying. And it's equally simple to prove a murderer guilty. Jake, listen. Lay off, will you? We didn't have anything to do with Flossie being murdered. Why don't you let us alone? I gather from your tone, Morgan, that you're afraid we can prove you guilty. That indicates to me that you were here two nights ago. You're afraid to admit it because of your purpose in being here. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Just... Only you can't pin a murder rap on us. We didn't have anything to do with it. On the contrary, you had a lot to do with it. You were the direct cause. I wasn't. I didn't have a thing to Let do with it. Let me explain, Morgan. You and your wife read in the newspapers about Flossie's marriage to Arthur Avery. Avery, being a wealthy man and rather rather prominent because of his marital adventures. You decided to attempt a little blackmail. Your wife agreed. I
2: didn't. It's all I did was drive Jeff down here. Shut up, Bessie.
1: Well, now we know they were here. Bessie stayed in the car while you, and Morgan, went inside. The sight of Flossie awoke in you fond memories. While Bessie waited, you and Flossie renewed old acquaintanceships. That's a neat way of putting it, Bob. Bessie was still waiting when she saw Avery's car approaching. She didn't have time to do anything but hide behind some bushes. Hey. That's when she lost her scarf, eh? Right you are, Inspector. Her hiding place was on the path that led down to the lake. She crouched there and watched as Avery came up to the house and looked in on his new wife and Morgan. Am I right, Bessie?
2: Go ahead. You're telling the story.
1: Well, thank you. Avery suddenly burst into the house and in a rage attacked Morgan. Only Morgan was bigger and younger. And he knocked Avery for a row of banana trees. Right again, Inspector. That's pretty good guessing, Drake. Then what happened? I'm not guessing, Morgan. What I'm telling you is merely logical reasoning supported by evidence. I think you must have been afraid that you'd killed Avery. You convinced your wife that she was as much to blame as you. So you both headed home and waited to see if Avery really were dead. It must have been quite a shock when you found it was Mrs. Avery who had been murdered. Say, what? If that story's true, then it must have been Avery. Inspector. Huh? There's someone in the bushes right behind you, and you don't know it. Wander over that way. Oh,
2: I get it. I'll uh,
1: just look around here a little my Yes, say, that's uh, fine, Inspector. Uh, well, Morgan, are you going to deny now that you were here last night? I could. You haven't proved anything. You're only guessing. All right, mister. Get out from behind those bushes. Keep away from me, Danton. No, I know you will. Look out, Inspector. It's Avery. I know it's Avery. All right, Avery. You won't
2: take me. You won't. Oh, no.
1: Put down now. I'll gun. shoot myself. First. Uh. Oh, he smoke! He did shoot himself. Ah! If you want to, Inspector. Still a long way to New York. Not me, son. There's some things I want to know about before I court off. Oh, really, Inspector? Yeah, really, Inspector. That casting uh, game you played with the Morgans, for one thing. As far as I can see, you didn't have one doggone fact to support it. Oh, I had several facts, Inspector. Yeah, what were they? Well, I knew that Flossie had been murdered near the lake in Meredith, for one thing. How? Because when we examined Flossie's body to Neil's undertaking parlors, we saw that her hair was matted with blood and mud, remember? Yeah, but... A few minutes later, Neil told us that there'd been a long, hot, dry snow in Sydney, not a drop of surface water within miles. Oh. Oh, I see what you mean. No water, no mud, eh? Exactly, Inspector. Yeah. Uh, okay. How did that prove that Avery was the boy we wanted? Oh, it added up, Inspector. There were only three people involved, the Morgans and Avery. You see, Avery wanted full revenge by having us prove that Morgan was guilty of the crime he, Avery, had committed. He knew that we'd likely discover that Morgan had been at Meredith. Yeah, so yeah, he... yeah, but why couldn't either of the Morgans have murdered Mrs. Avery at the lake and then carried her body to Sydney? Well, but why, Inspector? Why what? Why would either of the Morgans have murdered her? You see, Avery was the only one with a motive. The Morgans wanted to keep her alive in order to exact their blackmail. Hey, that's right, isn't it? Yep. Well, I guess I can go to sleep now. To sleep, Inspector, but the case isn't closed yet. Huh? What do you mean it's not closed? It never is, Inspector, until I say mystery is my hobby.